All right, I got a couple more minutes with Brad Weissman. Uh, Brad, so as someone who loves horror films, you know, we mentioned post-horror very briefly. And, you know, I mentioned that I didn't want it to be a marginalized genre. But I want to talk about the elevation of horror, let's say. You know, uh, okay. I, I think through various points in cinematic history, we have seen an elevation of horror. We've seen where, you know, people take it seriously. And not only do the directors and actors take it seriously, but the Academy takes it seriously. We've seen this several times. Uh, so let's talk about this a little bit. I think it started with Silence of the Lambs. Right. You know, um, you'd have to tell me if there's anyone who took it seriously from an Academy standpoint before then. Um, but if not, let's go with Sil Silence of the Lambs. What made this so special? Uh, I think it was the ability of the director, Jonathan Demme, to get into mm -hmm the heads of all the principal characters. Very, very difficult job. And it's weird because Demi was known as a comedy director before he made right. this movie. Yeah. And I think you see some of that. I see, you see just a smidgen of that in the film. A mm -hmm. little bit of a little bit of humor. But I think yeah. that he create he had great material to work with, first of all. The mm -hmm. source material is impeccable. Yeah. And he got a great adaptation. Uh, and he got the best possible people to play those parts. I mean, who would have thought that Anthony Hopkins, again, a classically trained actor, doing becoming famous for a horror role? It, yeah. It seems, and the same thing is true for Jeremy Irons when he mm -hmm. did uh, the uh, the Cronenberg surgery film. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is interesting because, you know, when I watched Silence, Silence of the Lambs, you know, it's Hannibal Lecter makes the movie. You know, right. I mean, look, Jodie Foster is going to be great in everything, and she has been. But he's it's funny because I didn't know what made him so disturbing. And then I realized he never blinks. Yes. He doesn't blink in the whole movie. And that's incredibly unsettling as yes. someone is constantly watching, observing. And it's not just observing. It's looking at everything you're doing for flaws that can be exploited, right. not just for that person's gain, but for your death. Yeah. Right. And I'm talking physical, psychological, emotional, right. and spiritual. That level of assessment is transferred from two-dimensional screen to my brain. And I think right. that to me is the secret sauce of that movie. At least it was for me personally. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. It was the, uh, for me, it was the characters simply because you had these endlessly yeah. fascinating characters even even buffalo bill was fascinating in his own, <laughs> yeah. in his own weird way yeah yeah i, I mean it, it's and it's it's believable um and i don't know that it's over the top it's a little elevated but it's extraordinarily believable i think that that's what makes it scary you know i think um you know the uh i i forget who who said this but the thought that evil is every day uh, or the banality of evil. I believe someone said this after the Holocaust. Yes. Uh, that that's a scary concept, that evil can exist in everyday people, which is why I think psychopaths are so scary and why we have this weird obsession with them, because they are predators of the of human beings who are the apex predator. So they are right. the predators of predators, right. which is a really scary concept. Yes, that is a very scary concept. Oh my God, I never thought about that way before. That's, really, <laughs> that, that's right. right. Well, I think I, I've heard something similar to that in that- uh, You've never heard anything similar to that. That is oh, original I, brilliance, Brad. A little, slightly similar. <laughs> 
in, in Victorian times, it, uh. it said that the, uh, the, the slasher movie really starts after the, industri- after the, the industrial revolution with Jack the Ripper. Yes. That's have, right. That's right. Yeah. And some, and somebody wrote, and I can't remember who it was, but they said, you know, the city is the perfect place to be an anonymous killer. Yeah. It's, it's just, and the idea that anybody can take you out at any moment, anytime you're, well, that's why my parents wouldn't go to downtown after they got to be 70 or 80 years old. You know, there's, there's, sure. a, there's that fear, that fear yeah. of, of some nameless, faceless person killing you yeah. and reducing you to a dead body. It's crazy. Well, when you think about it, right? So when you look at the, na- the, the animal kingdom, we don't have any reference point of what it's like. I mean, everyone except for us dies screaming horrified in the jaws of someone trying to kill them for food. Right. Everything. I mean, sure. almost almost everything except some apex predators, right? right. And even they can fall victim um, to their own kind of cannibalism, whatever, right? So we don't, as human beings, we never have that fear. That fear never comes around to us. And the way predators work, I'm sure you know this, is that they're going to trick their prey into walking into their trap. If it's a spider, how do they trick them into the web? How do they, you know, how does a barracuda lure a fish close by glinting a little bit so they think it's food? It's these little things that they do where then, you know, then they be, then this creature becomes a, a victim. And that's when other humans can do that to humans, you know, um, Ted Bundy was extraordinarily attractive, very charming. Oh would yeah. Put would women would they wouldn't be on guard. They'd feel safe around him. Well, I mean, if you have that ability, I mean, how how scary is that? That someone who's predated, you know, if you're being uh, predated on, if you're being yeah. prey, is that right? Yeah. Uh, but when that's happening to you, that that you could be a victim of that to me is the ultimate horror for a human being. Oh yeah, definitely, and definitely the the way you describe it, it's like the idea of of not being safe. And of course, we're in a mm-hmm. time right. when, when people aren't safe. We we just saw yeah. a huge massacre take place last mm-hmm. week. The people just living their lives like normal, and out of nowhere comes this monstrosity of a of an activity. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and and that's a perfect example. I don't get political on the show, so I'm not going to take sure. sides. But okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you facts here. Is you've got people at a peace festival. Yeah. Getting 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 massacred. Right. And it's that level of irony that I think it's horrible if it happened at it would be horrible if it happened in the middle of war or in a in a in a camp uh, in a soldier camp where people are prepared for it. But to not only not be prepared, but to be fighting against the very thing that's going to kill you. That is the subject of a horror film. Right. You know, it's it's going again. It's it's like we said about comedy. Hey, let's get some chuckles in here. But it's that it's what makes comedy comedy is that surprise element which yes. that twist. It's where you I'm going left and all of a sudden I take that hard right. right. And it's funny. And this way it's we're going straight and we take that hard left and it's tragic. Yeah. <laughs> you take, you know, it, you just go the other way and it's tragic. Uh, but that is to me the fundamental piece of horror. And this, you know, th- and we're talking about post horror here. What, what, what am I, why am I going on? You know, and I think it's this interesting moment where this stuff is universal. And I think these things that you identify as post horror or basically movies that, that take horror seriously 
really understand that element and then incorporate it into what would typically be a normal story, right? It, you, you know, you say right. 2018 is a banner year, get out the shape of water. Uh, those are, you know, those are interesting versions of that because the shape of water is kind of a fantasy film. Even it is so kind of more of a fantasy. I, I yeah. yeah. It you really know, so, but get out you can use because there is this insidious nature of, you know, they take, it's taken very seriously and it's a little improbable, but not impossible, but right. also it's a really good movie. And I think this kind of, I'm guessing in your mind, this kind of starts this, this post-horror uh, movement. Absolutely. And I, I think, uh, that did it. And then you had, uh, and I'm going to cheat with looking at my book again. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the invitation, I think, is one that to me really, you know, sets this home where it's kind of this basic drama that turns into a horror. Right. And I'm thinking of things like uh, 2017's A Ghost Story. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about uh, a very interesting uh, movie called Barbarian Sound Studio. The Lighthouse. Okay. The Lighthouse is another. I was just going to mention that. That's that, a good one. Yeah. We'll talk about arty, right? And I think really what post-horror would be would be like an art film that's that's horrific. Yes, yes. You know, and and the, the Lighthouse is definitely an art film. Now, I'm oh, just one of these people who I love these types of movies. They're not for everyone. Um, but the Lighthouse for me was like right up my alley. You know, it's it's got it's got a little German expressionism in there. It's yeah. black and white. It's got some Lovecraft stuff going on there. Sure. Uh, you got weird personalities. You got isolation. You've got to deal with others. It's got kind of that the threat is 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 like I said, causing the fissures in human social interactions. It kind of has it all for me yeah. anyway. You know? Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. So you don't think this is going to continue? Uh, my final question. Are you, so do you think that people taking horror seriously do you think it will continue? And when I say seriously, I mean critically seriously. Do you think that that'll happen, or do you think that this is kind of a passing fad? Uh, I don't think it's a fad. I think that well, a well-made movie will mm -hmm. always attract uh, attract good criticism and good um, audience feedback. I think that that it's only going to get better. I think A twenty four is going to keep commissioning more interesting films like Midsommar and Hereditary. Mm -hmm. And I think as P other studios and other filmmakers see these much more mature kinds of, of projects and they see that they're possible, it encourages them to do likewise. So I think we'll yes. see, we'll see people, well, just like I was influenced by creature features and famous monsters of Filmland. Yes. Somebody, some kid <laughs> right now is being changed their life is being changed by the lighthouse. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that that's right. You know, there's got to be trailblazers, you know, yeah. and and, um, you know, they don't always get their due right up front. But other people say that they are. I mean, I mean, look, you love Bride of Frankenstein, you know, oh, yeah. um, uh, Peter Jackson loved King Kong, you know, and right. that inspired, you know, future movies. So I think you're right. These movies, I, I think it will only continue. And I think, you know, as we get more sophisticated, uh, I think it, I I, ho I hope so. Anyway, uh, that's my hope is that because I love these types of movies. Yeah, I will tell you uh, in closing here, uh, when I was in college, I wanted to watch all of the Friday the 13th movies. And mm -hmm. while they start to have a mythos after like five, the, they're really formulaic. And oh, there's yeah. nothing, even though I'm a pro wrestling fan, there's nothing I can't stand more than formula because it's it's just boring. I want to think I want something weird that's going to like test right you know, what I believe, which is why I like comedy. And I think for me, 
the connection between comedy and horror. I love comedy. I love horror. And it's because I always want to be surprised. You know, I am militant about spoilers, Brad. Uh, I okay. hate spoilers. I actually, I, I skipped over parts of your book to make, so I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this movie. I don't want to read the summary. I'll just watch it. And then hopefully it won't come up in our talk. <laughs> that, was, that was my hope. Uh, but anyway, so I don't know. Do you have that kid? Final question. Do you, do you think that that has the connection to you between comedy and horror? Or do you really like them separately? Um, gee, I love a good horror comedy. Like you said, it's mm -hmm. very hard to do. And I mm -hmm. think that if you can foreground the horror, yeah, then you have a decent chance at a good film. But if you think it's, if you don't take it seriously and you, mm -hmm. you make faces at the camera, essentially saying, this is just, you know, we're just screwing around. Yeah. Well, you wink, lose wink. the respect for the, you use the respect for the genre because the genre deserves respect. Yeah. And it's hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard to do. And if you if you're always sabotaging yourself, you're never going to build that horror suspense. You're not going to build the tension. Uh, yeah. So uh, so I'm with you. Uh, well, this has been enlightening. Uh, there's no, I could talk horror films forever. Yeah, uh, so this is a lot of fun. So, Brad, thanks for writing this book and thanks for being on the show. Sure. Thank you.